The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. If Acts 2.38 on the day of Pentecost is about eternal salvation, why doesn't it mention eternal salvation? What is going on dispensation-wise in the book of Acts? And can a person who has impure thoughts be saved? Hi there, welcome to Grace in Focus. Glad you've joined us today. These are some questions and answers we'll be talking about today. Grace in Focus is the international radio broadcast and podcast outreach of the Grace Evangelical Society. To find out more about us, look us up at faithalone.org. You will also enjoy our Monday, Wednesday, Friday videos on our YouTube channel, the YouTube Grace Evangelical Society channel. Now let's get right to our discussion today. Questions and answers from Bob Wilkin and Philippe Sterling. Here they are now. Philippe, I have a question here from Amanda. She's talking about Acts 2, 36 to 38, and she says, I really hope you all have an answer to this. In Peter's message, he clearly lays out that Jesus is the Christ, but he says nothing of believing in Jesus for eternal life. And then she says, this leads me to assume three things. Either the writer of Acts left this part of the message out. In other words, Peter talked about everlasting life, but Luke chose not to tell us. Or it is only believing that Jesus is the Christ that gives eternal life. And that means one doesn't have to believe that by believing that fact, one is saved eternally. That's her second option. Or third, I am missing the meaning in Peter's message. And let me, again, this is Peter's Pentecost message, in particular verse 38 of chapter 2, where the people of Israel that he has just preached to, there pierced to their heart and asked, What shall we do, brethren? Addressing Peter and the others as brethren, even there. And then Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, now, as Amanda points out, what Peter is promising here is two things other than everlasting life. He's promising the forgiveness of sins and the reception of the Spirit, right? Yes, in particular, you know, to the nation of Israel, that's you know, a good at, point. At this time, right. know, for them to experience forgiveness of their sins, that is to be fully in harmony with God and restored to harmony mm-hmm. as a Jewish people. Yes, and by so the way, needed these were the a, people who were at the cross saying, crucify mm-hmm. him, cru- at least many of them, most of them, crucify him, crucify him, let his blood be on our hands, right? They were saying all these things, and so... What does verse 37 say? What shall we do? When they heard this about basically their guilt in being associated with the crucifixion of Christ. Right. They are pierced to the heart. They are convicted to the heart. And they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? So even there, verse 37, there's an indication they already identify with Peter and the others in their faith in Christ and believing in Christ for everlasting life. Right. They see themselves as part of a brethren. But yet there's this matter of their participation in having turned over Christ to be crucified. So part of Peter's message is dealing still with God's dealing with the Jewish nation in the matter of the offer of the kingdom to them as well. So that's really the issue 
that is being at stake, the opportunity for Israel to yet receive the kingdom. Yes, and this is a dispensational issue for several reasons. First of all, when you study the book of Acts, you find out it's not until Acts chapter 10 with the Gentiles, Cornelius and his household, that people receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of faith. Today, of course, when we believe in Jesus, we are permanently indwelt with the Holy Spirit. But Acts 2.38 says, no, you're not going to be indwelt unless you repent and are baptized. And you have the same thing in Acts chapter 8. Now, first they believe, then they're baptized, then Peter and John come down and lay hands on them, and only then do they receive the Spirit. in the case of the Samaritans. In the case of half Jews, half half Gentiles. And so I think the reason why the Lord only does this through Peter and John is so that the Jewish believers would say, oh, okay. So Samaritans now have equal footing with us because they've received the Spirit. Then you get to Acts chapter 10, And even though Peter is not the apostle to the Gentiles, he's the first one to take the saving message to the Gentiles. He talks about that in Acts 15, 7 to 11. Peter goes there, leads them to faith in Christ, and he says whoever believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins. Remember Acts 2, 38? Well, you had to repent and be baptized to receive the forgiveness of sins. But in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43, they receive the forgiveness of sins before they're baptized. And so the point is what we get in Acts chapter 10 is the model we see today. But there was a transition time in dispensationalism during which God required in the case of Palestinian Jews who had been guilty of crucifying Christ... When they say, what shall we do in Acts 2.37, they don't say, what shall we do to be saved? That was what the Philippian jailer asked, right, in Acts 16.30. They say, what shall we do to escape, ultimately, our culpability for having crucified the Messiah? It's coming. It'll be here before you know it. What am I talking about? The Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2024. It will take place May the 20th through the 23rd at Camp Copus, an absolutely beautiful campground in North Texas, right on the lake with lots of recreation, great food, a great place to stay, wonderful fellowship, and wonderful free grace Bible teaching. It is time to start planning and getting registered for the National Conference 2024, May the 20th through the 23rd. Hope to see you there. The other thing I think Amanda needs to see is that to believe that Jesus is the Christ is to believe that he guarantees everlasting life to me. And you see that, for example, in John 11, 25 to 27, where Jesus talks about the security of the believer. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Martha says, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who is to come into the world. How do I know that the one who lives and believes in you shall never die? Well, because you're the Christ. And by the way, these people were people who had heard Jesus preaching during his lifetime. Even if they hadn't themselves heard his preaching, they knew the reports about him, that he was the long-promised Messiah. So it seems to me that the promise that Jesus is the Christ is the promise of eternal life. And once these people believed that, then they knew they were going to be in his kingdom forever. 
They knew they had everlasting life. I remember, by the way, these four ministries of the Spirit by the word ribs. Regeneration, indwelling, baptizing, sealing. At the moment of faith, we're regenerated, we're indwelt, we're baptized into the body of Christ, and we're sealed forever. Well, at this time, the Acts 2.38 people were regenerated and sealed, but they were not yet permanently indwelt, nor were they part of the body of Christ. They had not yet been baptized into the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the water baptism they had. I'm talking about spirit spirit baptism. baptism. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 12.13, by one spirit, we've all been baptized in one body. And that occurs certainly then by Acts 10, where that transition then fully taking place. And then from that point on, except with the exception, perhaps, of the followers of John the Baptist, but that's because they were still Jewish and had not yet heard. Right. What is that, 19? Uh, Yeah, Acts 19. 19. And then there's also the situation of Paul. Paul comes to faith on the road to Damascus. He's regenerated and sealed forever on the road to Damascus, but he's not indwelt and baptized in the body of Christ or forgiven of his sins until he says, arise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Even in Paul's case. Acts 22, 16, speaking to Paul says, now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. This is Paul recounting his coming to faith and his encounter then with Ananias that had been sent to right. him. But his coming to faith was three days before yes. on the road to Damascus. And this is now his encounter with Ananias so that he can become part of the church. Sure. All right. Well, very good. Thank you for uh, that question, Amanda. I think that's an excellent one. And I think we need to keep in mind that biblically speaking, when we say Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, we mean he guarantees everlasting life to those who believe in him. Yes. All right. Do you have another question there, Philippe? This is going to be shifting gears quite a bit. This is from Dave. I might be bisexual. Can I be saved or not? And this is an issue for him of assurance of everlasting life based on the fact that he's struggling with sexual attractions to both men and women. And he talked about some group that actually goes around wearing shirts that say reprobate too late. They say anybody that has same-sex attraction is reprobate and they can't be saved. It's too late for them. My response to Dave is, yes, he can be saved. If he doesn't think he can be saved, then he thinks John 3.16 has some exception. Because it doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him and does not have same-sex attraction will never perish but has everlasting life. LGBTQ and all the other letters in the alphabet, they're all born again or not born again based on the same promise that whoever believes in him will not perish but has everlasting life. And sadly, most people in the LGBTQ community, like most straight people, believe in work salvation. So they don't believe the simple promise of John 3.16. So, and I wrote a blog about this earlier. You can check it out at faithalone.org. But the good news, Dave, is John 3.16 applies to you. I remember we used to sing a song at First Baptist Dallas called, Whosoever Surely Meaneth Me. So whoever is every single individual who believed the promise of Jesus for everlasting life has it. I still struggle with desires for that which I shouldn't. But that doesn't cancel the fact that I believe and have everlasting life. We all struggle with things. 
that we shouldn't. But we shouldn't just pick out and go, okay, well, if you've got sexual attraction that's not for your spouse, then that means you're not born again. Mm. We're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. What Dave needs to recognize is John 3.16 is good news. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. If you believe in Jesus, you have everlasting life. Read John 3.16, read the Gospel of John, pray about it, and say, God, is it really that simple? Don't get all caught up in, I've got these sin problems, therefore I'm not worthy. Of course you're not worthy. No one is worthy. We only get it because we have faith in the worthy one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's unrelated to works, behaviors, or anything. It's simply being persuaded that Christ guarantees everlasting life Amen. to all who believe in Him. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate your question, Dave, and also your question, Amanda, and keep grace in focus. Amen. Be sure to check out our daily blogs at faithalone.org. They are short and full of great teaching, just like what you've heard today. Find them at faithalone.org slash resources slash blog. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And when you do, very important, please let us know your radio station call letters and the city of your location. On our next episode, Must I Believe in Christ's Kingdom to be Saved? Is church membership biblical? Love to have you join us. Until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.